Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And this has been an hour, Father Shane. We are currently uh, on a Zoom call with the podcast equipment set up because I am here in Sioux City. Father Shane, you are now officially in St. Louis. This is the first time that we are doing this remotely from one another, so please be patient with us. We're not quite exactly sure what our our listeners are going to be hearing with the various audio qualities. Uh, I've got a road mic. You've got a road mic system. It should be compatible, but we're we're still trying to tweak the <laughs> the the audio input a little bit. Yeah, we so have if it many a- miles in between us, and yes, lots of uh, airwaves, as they would say, trying yeah. to make this work. So for you, our wonderful listeners, uh, thanks for your patience again. Yeah, be patient with us. We're going to keep tweaking this. This isn't the final audio production that we want to keep going with for the rest of the third. Because we know here. our our listeners expect high podcast audio quality they do they really do and, and we, they don't really settle for anything anything less no especially father matthew salinches and we're grateful and, for that yeah if he's still listening um we're grateful for that uh father shane i've i've now taken over the reins of vocations ministry in the in the diocese and chaplaincy at bishop Healan catholic high school in sioux city and i've noticed um a number of my colleagues are avid listeners are they? So yes, shout out to all those um, in the Sioux City area who have been telling me how much they love the podcast. And before I forget, my mother, Patricia Lammers, would love a shout out because she got a little upset when I gave the podcast topic about this mountaintop experience at Steubenville conferences because my mom just went to a Steubenville conference for the first time. It was the same one you were at, Father Shane. And I talked to her on the phone and she said, you had the perfect opportunity teed up to give me a shout out because I just went to a Steubenville conference and I said, mom, do you want a shout out? And she does. So mom, here you go. Thanks well, so I ran into her support. there and we just had a, we had a lovely conversation up in St. Paul. Uh, unfortunately, after that first night, I didn't see her because of course there's, you know, several thousand people around running around. Uh, but I hope she had a good time with her youth group. She did. And she was very excited to make connections with anybody with a Siouxland Catholic radio, uh, uh, t-shirt uh, logo on the back. So she ran up to just sure. a couple of our high school students um, who were the Healing students and just saw the Siouxland Catholic radio thing on the back, 88.1, and said, um, I said, are you guys, are you guys from Sioux City? And they turned around and they said, uh, yes. And she said, I'm Father Travis's mom. <laughs> they said, oh, <laughs> wonder, wonderful. <laughs> nice to meet you. That's so, great. Mom, here's your shout out. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the support. Um, Father Shane, how has the move-in been? You've done a whole week of orientation, and now the men start classes soon, right? Yes. So we, I have been at on campus here at Kenrick Glennon Seminary for nine days. We are through a five-day orientation period. I was frantically trying to set up my room and my office before the guys arrived and looked like I had a clue what I was doing. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it was kind of just fake it till you make it. We went into orientation. Uh, I had to do a lot of presenting on the student handbook and things. But it's going well. The classes start tomorrow, um, and we're off to a good start. So 
Uh, I'm still trying to get the routine down and I'm tired, but it's yes. going well. Well, I feel you. Well. We've had kind of, you know, as you experienced for many years, kind of those professional development faculty orientation days. And I had my first uh, mass with the whole healing, the whole healing family, the whole system, all the teachers and stuff. Yeah. So it's feeling a little bit more real. And I went to the football scrimmage and got to meet some of the students. So good. It's, all, it's all good. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. So folks, don't worry. Uh, we're, we're still, we're still settling in, but, uh, but we're here, we're here for Good. so many people. They're so excited. They, they really want to know if we're going to keep this going. So this is proof that it's going here. We are, yes. we're doing it we're, right now. We're going to keep trying here. <laughs> we're keep trying. Um, any fun, you had any fun stories from orientation? Oh yeah. Tons. Oh, I can't spot. repeat them. Well. <laughs> Probably can't repeat them. They all have to go in the formation file. That's now. right. Um, no, I do have some fun stories and some good images that the formation faculty are going to be using, but we're going to save those for future podcast oh. episodes because they're they're good enough to kind of expound upon. Oh, that's great! Yeah, you're going to have some okay. like you're going to have some greats. I'm just over here trying to make stuff up my own, but you got all these awesome priests that you're living with that you get to riff off of and steal their ideas for the shows. That's great. Well, Deacon Keating always you know, ah. just gives us softballs to tee up. Absolutely. And, uh, Speaking of softball, did you play in the opening softball game? No, so the faculty always serves as umpires. Oh, okay. and Father Father Hazing and Father Ben Sawyer of Wichita, both avid baseball players and fans, they continued their reign as yeah. the umpires out on the field. There wasn't an offer to join them. You just kind of <laughs> hung out and, and cheered along. No, I just no, I hung out and had a great time. I was getting, I'm still getting to know students. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like 125 students in the building, and I'm learning names. And some of the faculty came with their children and uh, their spouses. So it's good to kind of hang out and get to meet them. Um, but you no, know, Father Hazing loves uh, oh. umpiring at home. Oh, yeah. He's and, got, and, and then he's not and then taking that big, away from him. Then there's the big, like, kind of home run derby thing at the end where he just, like, hits big pop flies with his. No, actually, we didn't do bad. that. The guys, the guys finished the game. It was very competitive. And then we went into, like, a little soccer match and a guy, uh, you know, blew out his knee and I had to take him to urgent care. <laughs> that, so, so I spent, I spent the evening getting uh, x-rays seven, and MRI signed it. Seven, seven, I'm sure that was a delightful experience for you. Father. It Shane. was seminarians are just very, they do that common, uh, very, very commonly. So we had this, uh, you know, soccer tournament at conception seminary college and these guys like seminarians just go hard in these sports but they don't they're not actually like collegiate athletes so they're not like actually training to like play competitive soccer all the time they jump out on the field this happened i mean i had a friend break his collarbone i had another friend blow his knee trying to get a couple concussions playing seminary soccer so it's like this is this is not for the faint of heart my friends you know no, everyone still thinks they're 18 and they're not. <laughs> they are not. They find that out. Oh so. man. Well, wonderful. Um when I when we last saw each other, when I was leaving um Okaboji from our discernment retreat, from the Quavaya yes. discernment retreat and the convocation that I was seminarians, I immediately went back to Sioux City, got up the next morning and drove with my campus minister Lexi, shout out to Lexi, and five high school girls to Nashville, Tennessee to go Good visit the Dominican sisters there and see their first vows, uh, which was an <laughs> experience. A lot of uh, a lot of femininity in that car for about fifteen hours one way. Um, yes. So you, as a, you were you were representing the male perspective. I I was, hours, so. and as a guy who's who was in seminary for nine years, who's now a priest, who lives with three other priests, and who has two brothers, myself. That's probably the most time I've spent with just like you know six women uh in a in a consecutive line so that that was just uh 
you know, it was an experience, um, to say the least. You took some nun runs yourself. Um, I did. I, I didn't go down to the St. Cecilia community in Nashville, uh, but I've been with women up in the Ann Arbor Dominicans, um, the Sisters of Mary Mother of the Eucharist. I've been up to... Um, the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus in New Alm, of course, right? Right. We've been also out to the Missionary Benedictines in Norfolk, Nebraska. Yes. And the um, RSMs, the Religious Sisters of Mercy, when they had that house in Jackson, Minnesota. Yes, been up there. And I've been also to their mother house in Alma. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so but we- I... I Go ahead. No, I just haven't been down to the Nashville one, but I've always wanted to visit. I hope it was a good time. It was. Okay, I got to say, have you been to the Nashville Cathedral before? No. Folks, the Nashville Cathedral is wonderful. It is a classic, classic, classic Roman basilica style. Um, It looks like they just picked it up and plopped it down from Europe. Um, Wonderful. And the Bishop of Nashville, wonderful. He didn't even preach. He's a beautiful Ars Celebrandi, very prayerful man. Um, a lot of hospitality for the guys who were there. I had no good reason being there because the sister Kiara Grace in this class of about four or five sisters who were making their simple vows was a friend of Lexi, and she was from the parish I was assigned to in St. Louis, but I had never met her before. So all the guys, uh, all the concelebrating priests are asking me what I'm doing there, and I'm like, hey, I'm just a vocation director bringing some girls to visit some nuns. But we had a wonderful time with the, with the Dominicans at the St. Cecilia uh, province there. Big, beautiful house, huge, beautiful convent, beautiful chapel there, lots of Southern hospitality. And then we left, drove all the way to uh, the kind of St. Louis metro. We just missed each other, Father Shane, because you had just arrived in St. Louis, and we visited the Sisters of St. Francis of the Martyr St. George. Shout out to Sister Carolyn. She gave us a wonderful tour Alton, of, Illinois. of their convent. Yeah, we stayed... Uh, we stayed close by the the convent and showed up in the morning. And this is actually funny. I'll just kind of call out. It's kind of a, a dig on myself, a little humility. But um, we got our, our times mixed up. And Lexi had told me the time that we, the, the drive time from where we were staying to where the convent was. She thought it was only about 15 minutes. Well, it turned out to be 30 minutes. So when she called Sister Carolyn to tell her, hey, I got the time wrong, Sister Carolyn said, don't worry, I I assumed Father Travis would have his time off, would just be late. So there's actually plenty of buffer in here. And I said, she knows me too well, but it wasn't even my fault. But regardless, we had a wonderful time. You were still late. (laughs) It wasn't, it was, it was not on me this time though. I was, I was, you know, I was on the ball. But we had a wonderful tour from Sister Carolyn. She talked to the the girls, talked to us. We got to join their community for daytime prayer, which is beautiful. They they chanted it. Ended up being on the Solemnity of Saint Clair for them, uh, as they are Franciscan sisters. Um, so we had a wonderful time praying with those with those sisters there, and then drove all the way back <laughs> to Sioux City. Nice three day trip. You know, but with that, Father Shane, um, experiencing a lot of. Uh, femininity in the car I was traveling in. And then in these two uh, large communities of women religious, I also had a a very um, reflective experience watching the first episode of a new Marvel series. I I don't take it. Do tell. Are you a big Marvel guy? You you keep up on all the Disney plus Marvel recently. It's been a busy summer. It has. (laughs) So there's a lot of series. I'm sure those out there who are, who are avid Marvel fans, you know, keeping up with everything. Um, So my high schoolers kind of got me back into it. I had watched when I was growing up, like, Iron Man and whatever else, but I'd given it up, but they were kind of like, Hey father, you got to watch WandaVision. You got to watch this. You got to watch Loki. You got to watch this. So just the other night I saw that there was a new, a new show called she Hulk, which I, I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was doubtful and it, I was like, I don't know if I should watch this. And this is kind of silly, but I watched the first episode and it was, 
it was fascinating. And I think because I had just experienced so much um, of the feminine genius, as John Paul II would call it, of all of these women that I was interacting with, it was interesting to see what um, kind of secular media is portraying as this difference between men and women, right? So She-Hulk, without, I only watched one episode, so I'm not ruining anything for anybody, but the Hulk, Bruce Banner's cousin, they get in like a car accident and he like bleeds on her, yada, 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 super, superhero stuff. And she also gets the gamma radiation and becomes a Hulk. But the first episode is like, he's trying to explain to her, oh, this is what you have to do because now that you're a Hulk, I, it's taken me 15 years to understand this, figure this out. Well, she kind of figures it out right away and starts kind of like beating him at his own game. And it was interesting to show kind of the, you know, it's trying to turn like the patriarchy upside down a little bit. It's like these big, bad superhero guys are getting shown up by the kind of superhero girls um, in their place. But it was interesting because it showed not the complementarity of the sexes that we've had in our Catholic tradition for so long, um, but it was showing this kind of discontinuity between the sexes of, look, like you think you're so strong, guys. Well, look, you're not, and I can actually handle this better than you can. And it just present it just presented this weird discontinuity of, um, of you know what I've been formed in with theology of the body from John Paul II, the feminine genius that John Paul II talked about, and a proper complementarity between the sexes. So I thought that would be something fascinating. We could kind of riff on Father Shane. I know you got some uh, some some wonder wonderful uh, stuff to bring in here to this conversation. Well, just to let our listeners into kind of the little secret here, Father and I, you know, always prepare different topics, and as it as it was today, we both kind of showed up to this recording with topics on the feminine genius uh, and how fascinating it is that I was actually preparing some quotes uh, from Alice von Hildebrand, the wife of Diedrich von Hildebrand. She herself uh, in her own right was, is just a world-class philosopher, just died earlier this year. At, I think it laid into her nineties Um was a you know fled from Europe uh, in Western Europe in World War II at the outbreak of the Nazi expansion. Eventually got a doctorate in uh, philosophy from Fordham and taught at Hunter College in New York for years. And she has some wonderful reflections on feminine identity and the feminine genius. And Father, what you were just talking about with how She-Hulk has been portrayed in this Marvel movie, and of course I haven't seen it, so I'm just going off of your word here. What you were just talking about is exactly what Alice, Alice von Hildebrand was always denouncing because she notices that there's just this hierarchy of virtues, hierarchy of characteristics that are set up from a male perspective. And she says feminism actually does itself an enormous disservice when it buys into that hierarchy and accepts it and says, we are part of this. Um, to say anything that you can do, I can do better, actually locks us into saying that the, the male hierarchy of virtues and characteristics and traits uh, that Hulk would present is exactly what She-Hulk should be doing. And I think Alice von Hildebrand would say, no, if you're actually going to make a movie through Marvel with She-Hulk, why don't you actually do a movie that highlights the true feminine genius rather than just trying to replicate what the male genius has already done? You know, it doesn't actually show the, the, the real feminine identity and characteristics does that make sense it does i'm just actually kind of laughing because i love that like you bring to the table world-class philosopher alice <laughs> Hildebrand. i bring to the table the first episode of the new marvel series she hulk 
<laughs> but it works. But you know what? That's why there's it a works. complementarity in this it podcast, works, Father Shane, and why know? we're trying to offer you know to the outcast of the the Midwest. Yeah. Both the Holy class, Spirit provides both, both world class philosophers and uh, contemporary um, you know Marvel shows. Uh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Exactly understanding um, this feminine genius, Father Shane. Can you remind me? Um, was it 1992 that John Paul II wrote his document that kind of highlighted this phrase? The feminine genius. This letter to women. It was ninety one or ninety two. I think it was in there somewhere. I don't remember. But if you uh, look up, it was around that same time. Yeah, listeners, if you look up, you know, the Vatican's website. Um, while it cannot boast a, a very like sleek contemporary like website design, it's not great for that. It is great that it has really so many of the different documents that, especially contemporary popes, um, uh, council documents, these different things like that. I mean, so many different languages. But if you just look up on Google, um, Saint. John Paul II's letter to women um, from whatever year it was in the 90s. It is a wonderful kind of exposition. It's pretty short, but he just dives into these topics we're kind of be discussing. And we spent so much time kind of talking about our, our travels and stuff that, you know, for our pot, for our um, uh, treadmill episodes, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. But um, that's just a wonderful resource as we kind of launch into this conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I just want to kind of quickly say here is that Alice von Hildebrand points out how wonderful it is that women actually speak to persons. They speak to the concrete realities in front of them and they dive in with their full emotional capacity into those issues. And men sometimes can get very, very abstract. You know, we tend to kind of think about, you know, just like, for example, you and I, well, what are we going to do about evangelization? And what are we going to do about, you know, parish boundaries? And how are we going to go fix the church? You know, and the feminine genius kind of stops and says, well, what are you going to do about this person today right in front of you? How do you encounter Christ right here and right now? How do you receive this person emotionally, uh, you know, and really honor in a spirit of transparency and vulnerability the person right in front of you? Uh, you know, she even, she'll even quote Edith Stein, who says that women are more interested in persons than in things. Um, I just wonder what Marvel movies would look like had She-Hulk really entered into that connectivity of persons and the respect and the dignity of every person in which the feminine heart just, you know, just bleeds very emotively uh, for the holiness and the sanctity that each person is. It's a, it's a very beautiful thing that the feminine genius provides. Yeah, and as you're talking about this, I know even as we share this or as I have conversations with friends, I know from my generation, your generation, Father Shane, it, because there has been such um, a growth in these different feminine ideologies that have kind of uh, erupted in our society, we almost feel like we can't talk about it. And as like white cisgendered males, you know, wearing Roman collars, we we almost don't have a place at the table to even have these discussions because we're part of the big, bad patriarchy. We're part of the problem. Right. Um, but I think if we take it a deeper dive as we're doing, and I think if folks do that, they see that there's a deeper truth and a deeper anthropology that's present in our masculine and femininity. That's not just the kind of like, um, yeah, kind of raging woke ideologies of the time that are kind of moving this conversation forward. Um, you know, I hope you can get a have a conversation sometime with Dr. Lawrence Feingold, who's at who's at Kenrick, who's one of your professors there now. He talked really beautifully in one of our classes about the complementarity of what he called like the headship of masculinity and the heartship of femininity. Because as you start to talk about any of these kind of maybe traditional family values or these different 
places that men and women will take as a husband and a, a wife, as a father and a mother in the household, right? He would always come back to this idea of like, no, 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 there is a proper place for the headship of a man because there's a proper place for the hardship of a woman that were built differently. Like we have different bodies, obviously, but we also have different ways our, our minds work, different ways our souls are configured to our, our minds and our bodies as well. And they can, we can work together and that's how we're made, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's what's been so highlighted through Theology of the Body through John Paul II, um, who is taking a lot of these things from um, the tradition. Yeah. Uh, there's several more themes here that I want to unpack in the future. Maybe we'll even have like Dr. Harvath or Mrs. Mrs. Krishon from the Kenrick faculty on this show to kind of unpack some of more of these, you know, these feminine topics of, uh, of a woman's genius and, and how her intuitions really speak into a deep Christian reality. Uh, but for now, we'll leave it at She-Hulk for today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right at She-Hulk. Yeah. Good to be with you, Father. Even remotely, we're going to keep tweaking our uh, our technology here to always kind of improve the sound quality for our listeners. Um, but I'm glad we could get together. It's good I to do this again. Too. And friends, uh, watch She-Hulk if you want, but probably read the world-class philosopher Alice uh, von Hildebrand. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.